Hey, hey guys, it's your girl Kimberly A back with another episode of Unlearned. Today I want to keep it light. As the pastor would say, I won't hold you long, but I do have something I must share with you. As you see, the title of this podcast revolves around taking opportunities, or rather I should say why we continue to miss opportunities. Every year around this time, my timeline is flooded with memes, posts, and various commentary about how good or bad the current year was. Many of these posts speak to how challenging the current year was and how the new year is an opportunity for changing and for new beginnings to present themselves. And for the most part, it is. Yet, I see the same posts at the next year's end. Could it be that 2016, 17, 18, and 19 just really had it out for us? Or is God just that petty? While some of you may argue, I have determined that while life has a funny way of delivering lessons, a lot of responsibility lays at our own feet in failed actions and missed opportunities. So, as the year winds down, I just want to ask two questions. The first being, what is keeping you from seizing your moment? And I'll get to the second question later. So, many things keep us stuck in this infinite cycle of hope. Don't get me wrong, hope is great, but what purpose does it serve if there's no action behind it? Then of course, you know, like, yeah, we'd love to go after that promotion, develop our skills, leave our full-time job, complete with our insurance benefits and 401k behind to start our own business ventures. But what have we really done to achieve these goals? Furthermore, what opportunities, big or small, have you passed up because of fear, procrastination, or just having high-level ass expectations? Trust, I've done all three and had the unmitigated gall to complain about my circumstances or lack of opportunity. A large reason why I believe so many opportunities are missed is because we often are so caught up in our own head and self-talk that we fail to capture the opportunities that are right before us. And you know, that's just a bunch of BS, which actually leads me to my second question. Hey, hey, welcome to Notes from the Field, a segment in the show where I answer questions from you guys both inside and outside the field of social work. Today's question is from one of the members of the Facebook group, and then a general question I always hear that I figured I'd go ahead and answer. So let's go ahead and get into it. First question was, what clinical work can LMSWs do in Texas? So I pulled this straight from the Department of State Health Services in regards to social work and the scope of practice. So it reads, an LMSW may practice clinical social work in an agency employment setting under clinical supervision under a board approved supervision plan or under contract with an agency when under a board approved clinical supervision plan. Master's social work practice may include applying specialized knowledge and advanced practice skills and assessment, treatment, planning, implementation, and evaluation, case management, mediation, counseling, supportive counseling, direct practice, information, and referral supervision, consultation, education, research, advocacy, community organization, and developing, implementing, and administering policies, programs, and activities. An LMSW may engage in BSW practice as well. So basically, as long as you work for an agency or a hospital, 
you're good to practice clinical um, social work. If you want to have like your own private practice, then you have to go through the process of getting your LCSW with the supervision hours and whatnot. Um, so I hope that answers the question. Thank you again for that. Um, second question is, uh, what is non-traditional social work? And I just hear that all the time because I know I talk about social working differently and everybody's like, well, what do you mean by non-traditional social work? Honestly, non-traditional social work is just anything that, you know, we don't consider to be clinical. So, you know, when we think of clinical social work or non-traditional social work, then normally people think of like your therapist, your behavioral health specialist. Um, so, you know, you're diagnosing whether you are in a hospital or agency setting or if you have your own private practice and you're an LCSW Um there's obviously case management, uh, your CPS workers, and stuff like that. So anything outside of that, like I know a lot of people work in the school systems, um, doing social work-ish type things where they're doing, they're just maybe utilizing more of their skill set, but they're not necessarily like diagnosing and stuff like that. Um, so that's pretty much what like non-traditional social work is. I mean, you even have some social workers that have had the opportunity to go into like human resources and stuff like that. And so that's obviously a non-traditional social work type of job, but there's definitely a lot of social work skills that you're utilizing in that role as well. So I hope that that kind of uh, sums up that question, makes it a little bit more clear for you. And if you do have any questions, then please reach out. And um, you can always find me on the Facebook page at Views from a Social Worker, or you can email me at admin at viewsfromasocialworker.com. All right, guys, continue to send your questions and thanks for tuning in. So the next question I want to pose is, do you even know when opportunity is knocking at your door? Oftentimes, we are the cause of our own effect. We get upset with God, our friends, or other people, places, and things because we simply fail to realize the opportunities that present themselves. And we also fail to show up and execute. But why is this? I personally believe it's due to a lack of preparation. At least that's what I found for myself. By failing to prepare, I know I've missed a lot of opportunities because I don't even really know what to look for when it shows up. I mean, think about it. There really is a reason why we study for tests or you do like research on like a person or an organization before you go on an interview. It's honestly so when you get asked a question, you know, you can actually have a real response and you don't sound kind of like you didn't do like your homework. You know what I mean? So preparation also sharpens our minds and it heightens our expectancy because sometimes, you know, they try to throw like a curveball question in there. And so it just gives you an opportunity to be quicker on your feet because you've already done the work going into the interview. I personally have come to the conclusion for myself, of course, that my failure to prepare is just a form of laziness that I really do need to work on getting rid of in 2020. Also, I need to work on being more patient because I know I call this only child syndrome, but I think that just because I go hard for like three months or six months and I don't get any results, then, you know, like I put it on the back burner and I'm just like, it's not even worth it anymore. And that's really kind of not smart because it takes so much longer to really see success, especially in entrepreneurship. 
And to think that after even a year that you'll even, I don't know, like break even or let alone turn a profit, it's just really kind of foolish. So that's something else that I know for myself I'm working on, just being more patient. Part of showing up differently requires something to change within us and about us so we can get new and different results. As 2019 comes to an end, I really just want us to all take inventory over the past year and this last decade to consider what we all need to change in order for us to show up differently in 2020. That's really honestly all I had for you guys today. I hope you got something out of that because again, the focus for this month is just how do you plan on showing up for 2020, okay? So I know Christmas is what in like Today is the 20th, so it's like five days away. So I hope you guys have a happy, happy holiday, a very Merry Christmas, and I will see you guys again next week or talk to you guys again next week for another episode of Unlearn. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Unlearned, a podcast dedicated to helping social workers and where I attempt to answer the question of how you and I can social work better, differently, and ultimately change the game for ourselves, our families, and everything surrounding us. This episode was brought to you by Views from a Social Worker because sometimes we need to vent too. This growing community strives to add value, share resources, and provide support to help you better navigate your social work career. Whether you be macro or micro, there is something for everyone. Find us on Facebook at Views from a Social Worker and drop us a line to let us know you stopped by.